it's Sarah's space and this is Sarah. Uh, Sarah's actually on the move and Sarah's space is on the move. We're coming mobile this time from my very own summer workshop 2019 and I'm having a chance to speak to a whole bunch of wonderful young people who are gathered around with me so that we can discuss some issues of the day, perhaps of the year, perhaps of life. But uh, it's a youthful perspective, and uh, we do actually have a wonderful age range in the room. I will mention the age range just simply because it's quite spectacularly uh, covering a wild gamut of many things that you may experience. So we're going from age 10 all the way up to 31, which is wonderful. So uh, we'll, we'll just start conversing and uh, feel free to join in or not as we go. I thought maybe what we could start with is something that I feel that all of you could speak to on some level or another, which is in your dance experiences, let's say when you're out of the studio and you might self-describe yourselves all as dancers, do you ever feel like you lose your own sense of, let's call it the normal identity, the, the person that you were when you were born, the person that you were when you identified yourself with your family before you began dancing? Are you somebody other than a dancer? Does anyone want to talk to that? Does anyone have anything to say to that? Wow, they're so quiet. <laughs> I'll speak on it. Wonderful. I definitely, I'm the 31 year old. <laughs> so now at that point in my life, there are a lot of my friends and my peers and my colleagues who are looking to transition into another career. Yes. And a very common thing I hear from them is not wanting to lose their identity, yes. all they've identified as, sometimes since six years old, yeah. is being a dancer. Yeah. Once they're no longer a dancer, who are they? Yeah, yeah I've heard that too. Actually, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I feel that um, in the older age ranges past, you know, sort of just embarking on the beginning of a career or just coming out of an academic training institute, I feel as though... There's this moment where, say, for instance, during an injury, that's where we just taste it, is we're not dancing and we're not dancing every single day and we don't feel as intensely in tune with it and we might even feel out of shape or a little bit behind and we suddenly notice our self-confidence plummet and we notice our, our sense of, of placement in our peer group that we're used to being around plummet. And I feel like that's a really interesting thing to talk about because for those of you that are younger, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not assuming that you will get injuries and I'm certainly not wishing it upon you, but there may come a time where you're injured, even just for a couple of weeks. Sitting out and watching class is one of the most challenging things on the planet to do. It's also one of the most educational things to do because you can learn so much from watching it and not actually participating at the time because you have a different part of your brain open and you've sort of pulled back physically. But I think that one of the challenges is, is that sometimes we over-dramatize everything and it seems like everyone is suddenly excelling way past the point that we were at before. And we, we see people flying across the floor that we could have sworn were sitting last week. <laughs> What's going on? Now, how much, how much has that affected any of you or have any of you even experienced that? Sitting down in class? Well, sitting down, sitting out, or just experiencing that kind of disconnect where you almost feel as though, do I count anymore if I'm not actually in the class moving? And you would actually be able to say something to that. And what did that, what was that experience like? Go from the, because the, it was at six or eight weeks. Uh, when I broke my foot, mm -hmm. it was two months. 
Okay, so let's start at the very beginning when the shock first hit and you were basically, this is what happened. What did that feel like? When I first, like, when it happened? When Not it the actual moment, but the, the, say, the few days that transpired afterwards. What did you feel like in your studio setting? Uh, it felt kind of weird not being the one who's moving because it's happened before in my group, especially where someone's broken a limb right. and they're sitting out for a while and you just see them sitting down. And so it was weird being on the other side. Yes. And it was cool to observe what was going on, but I really just wanted to get up and start moving. Yeah. And I got, because I'm sometimes I'm there until nine o'clock right. and it made me feel why am I sitting down for so long because right, right. you can only do so many hamstring stretches until you're <laughs> dead until, so your hamstrings like, are behind your head yeah <laughs> and so many yeah, Something. stretches yeah, exactly. arm stretches yeah. until you just don't know what to do anymore then your yeah. back gets sore and you're watching this the same group of dancers pretty much oh so you stick and with your peer group and just go yeah because you have class. to right. go to each class that you're going to sometimes I felt as if I could have been using that time to do Something homework right if I had a project right but it was still cool to see um how the class worked and some of the behavior but not behind the scenes, but just... But kind of behind the scenes. Because sometimes scenes. when you're in the scenes, it's... It you're might a part be, of the behavior. You don't see it, exactly. Mm -hmm. Can I ask a question about that specifically? One of the things I'm curious about is, did you journal at all or take notes while you were doing any of that? Yeah, um, I had... Because uh, I guess when you said it, you're supposed to take yes. notes about yeah. what's going on in the class. Yeah. So I did have a tiny notebook yeah. at first that I was saying um just taking notes about what the corrections were for the dance because at that point I thought I'd be oh for choreography yeah for okay. choreography because I thought I'd be um ready for the year-end show because right. that's what the doctor told me but I definitely was not it was a bad break and it I just didn't know what to write down anymore so I started doodling and drawing because <laughs> I find myself getting very distracted right. with what I'm writing you know what's interesting about that from my perspective is is that there are uh, many teachers that will say if you aren't taking notes in the class you're not and you're sitting out for injury or sickness purposes you're not really paying attention but the fact of the matter is is there's so many alternative styles to teaching and there's a there's a whole world of thought that believes that if someone is able to do something that allows them relaxation such as doodling they're actually taking in more information so alternative schooling, for instance, allows people to move around the room and hear what the teacher is saying, or to people to fiddle with things with their hands manually, and they take in academic or cerebral information more readily. So there is not necessarily one avenue, and that's why if you were doodling, you were still listening. You were still there, you were still present in the room, and what's to say that your doodles weren't artistic expression of their own sort, right? And yeah. There's, yeah, and there's no necessarily, there's not necessarily some sort of, in my personal opinion, um, level they have to reach before they qualify as artistic doodles. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so that's very interesting. Does anybody else have an experience along those lines? To Yes. Um. I had cellulitis, so I ripped a soft tissue in my foot. Okay. And I had to sit out for like four or six weeks. Okay. And it was really hard, like watching people like go across and. Like, was it like? It was really hard. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah. And it was, I think it was right before my exam. Oh, okay. So I was getting pushed around in a wheelie chair, just watching them. Okay. And I had 
basically no um, like practice before my exam. Right. So I was like taking notes and doing everything. Were you like taking could. notes or were you taking? I was notes? taking. You were notes. <laughs> and um, did those notes help you? Did it feel like it? Yeah. It was well, another way of taking in information. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, it's okay it's okay another thing I realized when I was taking notes you know how the teacher always says I've given you that correction before Before, and so I didn't realize it so uh, when you're sitting down and you actually you aren't tired of dancing and so you're able to listen a little bit better I'll be taking notes of the corrections and I'll realize hey She's said that already a <laughs> right. few times. Right, right. And I'll actually realize how, not how many times she's already said it, but just, it is The repeated. repetition, yeah. yeah. Excellent. That's nice. That's nice for teachers <laughs> to hear. Yes, my dear. Um, last year, I got a second degree tear on my ACL and my kneecap was dislocated. So I was oh. out for two or three months. Yeah. And I have to say, the hardest part for me was probably watching them reblock all the dances and right. me remove have to te- you. Yeah, yeah, remove me and me yeah. have to teach other people my choreo and then yeah. just slowly watch where I was disappear. Oh, I, oh, oh that's such that's, a beautifully artistic way of saying it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's hard. Yeah, yeah and I then agree. I had to go to competition and watch them dance right. and yeah, so that was pretty hard. And then that's yeah. that's a that's a really that was beautifully said. Yeah, I have to say that gives such a strong image everyone the room I think just got a shiver yeah. <laughs> watching their place just disappear yeah and every oh yeah I and understand. you just wonder if you're still the place is still there and right yeah. right no I understand do you also wanted to address that oh well um I had a skin infection on my foot uh I believe it was at the beginning of this year or the end of was it the last year Maybe it was. Yeah. I have a bad frame. That's okay. Friends. That's fine. Um, and I didn't have to sit out for too long. I yeah. think it was about a week. But I just remember feeling awful because every time I have to sit out yes. or every time I've ever had to, I just feel really insecure right. because people will say, oh, mm-hmm. she's faking this. Or, right, right. And oh, yeah. I would go, oh, yeah. okay, I can pull off my bandage and show you how bad my foot is. <laughs> I can I attest mean, to the fact that she actually <laughs> pretended that it wasn't as bad as it really was. And I until, did so that, do you I, remember could, that? <laughs> I did so that I could just move past it and uh-huh. continue on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember one day in a ballet class, my I was sitting out for, um, my teacher said to me, it's just a foot. You can still stand up and do arms, can't you? Yeah. And and I just, it's just remember, a foot. Yeah. Like, just a foot. Move on. I just remember already feeling so bad about it, and yes. and my doctor had said just don't stand on it for right. as long as possible. So I just sat in the corner and doing marked port-a-bra. my arms doing portabron, and I yeah I already felt so bad. About it. Now that's a let's just quickly actually address that. This is going to sound a bit funny. But are you almost relieved or gratified when someone hands you a rather dramatic diagnosis, such as you have definitely torn, ripped, broken, um, dislocated, or removed entirely something from something so that you usually have a form of paper that you can take in just so that you feel like I am not faking this. I'm not being wussy. I haven't made this up. I don't just want out because I've, I've... I don't like that. That really, that that lack of trust for one thing is really troublesome for me. And I also feel like that's so much extra emotional stress on dancers. And it's so patronizing it's to the dancer. It's so patronizing. Are you sure? And yeah. I mean, I, 
I'm just going to do a little personal anecdote about this foot because it was quite a spectacular looking infection and it was uh, twice the size of my toe and bright shiny red. It looked like she was going to lose her lower limb. I mean, it looked like one of those dramatic things where they say, I think we're going to have to cut that off. Amputation. It was one of those skin infections that my doctor said, if you hadn't come to me sooner, we Mm -hmm. would have had serious problems. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I was just so upset. (laughs) so then on one of her so upset days as you can see she's a beautiful smiler and is constantly full of sunshine and smiling she was sitting down and then I I saw her sort of say I think it's getting better can I get up and mark the section and I said can I see your foot she said oh it's it's okay it's feeling a lot better do do you mind if I just take a look at your foot she said okay and it was the funniest way she peeled it back just a corner at a time she was looking up at me And I, I, I'm not squeamish, and I have seen a lot of really creative-looking injuries, <laughs> but it was nasty-looking. And I, I told her that. I said, you are not standing up in my room. No, you are sitting. And she just looked at me as though... And I think there was... I think at that moment, there was a little bit of relief. Okay, Sarah definitely understands that I'm not making this up, because I guess this does look pretty spectacular. I just felt good that somebody trusted me. Oh, goodness. Oh, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't even believe you were about to stand up. Yes, it looked like a, a bursting tomato stuck in a foot shape. Did you have yeah. crutches? No, I didn't. No, she didn't. I didn't. Were you I supposed didn't to? That. Listen to the disgust in my voice. <laughs> <laughs> so, having, um, having understood that perhaps that that's a missing piece in some of our uh, teacher-student relationships or, or studio relationships, it could be one in life as well. I mean, in the many jobs one does, I, I would actually say all government jobs, all union jobs, all jobs that have some sort of greater entity overlooking them, you do need a doctor's note to say you're sick or you've got something wrong with you or you can't do this particular duty. So that's not so untoward. But then having anything else about that questioned, I find personally very troublesome. I also find it troublesome when you're actually not the ones being paid. So I guess if you were if you were working for me and this was a company and you said to me, I'm not feeling well, can I sit out for this part? I would say to you, absolutely. Are you going to be able to step back in for, you know, maybe the next piece that we do rehearsal? And if you say, I'm not sure, then I'll say, can I bring in the understudy? Now, it's not a threat, but it's just, can I bring in the understudy so I can see the piece work? And then at that point, if there was somebody that was obfuscating, which is a fancy word for slightly covering the truth, they would probably say, you know what, I'll just mark it. I'll be okay. But that's so rare. Why would you fake it? I mean, what is it? It's just, you know, we're not like that. If, if you're in the dance world, generally speaking, you kind of like a little bit of pain as horrible as that sounds. <laughs> so, yes. Okay. Let's park those thoughts for now. There was uh, another thing that I, I kind of wanted to cover and see if any of you had something to say towards. And that is, if... If you're in a studio setting in which you notice at a certain age, it starts to divide. There are the ones who are going to dance professionally or want to. There are the ones who really genuinely just want to do it for fun. So we'll call that recreational. Then there are the ones who are undecided. Then there's usually the wild card group that probably has a lot of natural facility. So people get highly irritated with them and they don't really care. And they're not that interested. And maybe they turn 14 and suddenly realize the, the, that their romantic feelings of passion are being directed outside their bodies towards other individuals and suddenly they're distracted as the Dickens. 
that's my personal story. At 14, I can remember literally the, the class just, it, it was like a great divide went down the middle. There were those that were suddenly, oh, guys, guys, guys. And then the other side that was just ballet, ballet, ballet. <laughs> so I personally remember where there was this, this division. And I'm wondering from, again, speaking from my own perspective, I'm not naturally a really keen team player. So I didn't really love the whole idea of, oh, we all have to have exactly the same thoughts and work as a group and swim like a great big entity that's all like one anyways. I thought it was kind of nice to recognize individuality. But on the other front, if you are in a group and someone standing next to you really doesn't give a diddle about the choreography, doesn't really have the choreography, is always a little bit late, does that get to you? Do let that sort of you know, kind of manifests itself at the back of your throat where you do get irritated and you want to kind of say, excuse me, you know, this is a group thing. Or do you feel sorry for them because you kind of feel like they're maybe being coerced? Or do you kind of wish they would get the gumption to stand up and say, I actually don't want to be here and just make a choice? How do you feel? Because, I mean, as an adult, I have a totally different perspective now. So I'm just curious, does anyone have something they'd like to say to that? Yes, my dear. Um... Personally, I do get quite agitated with those people, but I only take it too far when they are then interrupting the people who are trying to do their job and trying to work to their best ability. And then that's the point where I'll turn to them and I'll go, okay, we need to focus. focus And even if if this isn't what you're, even if you're not going to continue into the professional world or, or... this is a group piece yes and and we want you to have the same dedication as everyone else can i flip that around just well and feel free to address either end what happens if you're feeling as though someone is saying to you you aren't as dedicated as me because you Mm -hmm. don't want to be in seventeen thousand competitions and enter dancer of the universe and fly off to you know, Timbuktu and enter this competition that will, you know, indicate our futures or whatever it might be. Does that make you, how does that make you feel? Does that make you feel alienated, frustrated, you know, untrusted, doubted, etc.? Yes. Um, Honestly, it doesn't make me feel the the things that you say. I don't know why I said that. That's okay. (laughs) Alienated or mistrusted. Yeah, it makes me feel guilty it makes me feel pressured that I should be doing that stuff and it makes me feel as if I'll be missing out on dance opportunities if I don't go but at the same time during the year especially with conventions I get really tired and with public school and all the homework and dancing as late as you already are sometimes I don't want to get up early dance all day to get up or the next day dance all day kind of thing. Yeah. I need some time to relax, but I also feel pressured to do it right. because of the opportunity, I guess, and the doing more. And So I'm just, just, just going to interrupt you if you don't mind. You said opportunity and there was a certain inflection on opportunity. What do you mean by the opportunity? What opportunity? Well, some teachers are always going on and on. Oh, you have the opportunity to dance and to, to make new connections oh, okay. in the dance world okay. and to take a class and learn a lot. And yeah, I love to learn and meet new people and teachers and dance at the conventions. I think they're fun, but mm-hmm. after you do so many in one year, 
it starts to flip around where you don't have as much fun anymore. You may just always feeling like you have to go to the front of the room and yeah, right. show off the your moves. Yeah, yeah. The, just the pressure. Sometimes at conventions, I just like to go to the back. And just very, learn. very, very yeah. back yeah. and during rounds and just dance. Yeah. not It feels less pressure to be seen by the choreographer, to be called right. out kind of thing. You know? Yeah, I do. Yes. Um, this is kind of on what you were saying before, but I find it um, pretty frustrating when you know, people find that if you don't want this as a career more so than yeah. kind of to have go out and do more opportunities than others, that you're not as serious, you're not yeah. as all mm -hmm. in. And I mean, personally, I don't know, right. but I'm doing this right now because I love it. Yeah. I mean, I think we can all say that because why else would we be here? Why else would we still be doing it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think, I don't know. It's just kind of frustrating when it seems that if you are not doing all these opportunities, if you're not going out for extra classes, you're not as serious and it's not fair to everyone else. Right. Mm -hmm. Because right. that's totally not what it is. Yeah. You feel accused as if but you're not serious if you don't do all the yeah. extra. Yeah. Yeah, no, but it's not that. like you're going to go out and say, you know, hey, I'm still here. I don't know. I just personally wouldn't feel comfortable with that. It's just kind of a stuck um, position that I find I'm put in from my peers, not necessarily all my peers, but many. Does it, it, sorry for interrupting, is it, do you feel like it's more directed from a peer level or is it more from mm -hmm. an upper level of management yeah, as well? Yeah, I feel, I feel like it is mainly peers just because we all talk a lot. Right. And people express themselves pretty openly, mm -hmm. but we do hear it from teachers as well, I find. Yeah. Because if you're not doing all this stuff, then you're never gonna make it. You're never gonna, right. you know, mm -hmm. it's just always yeah. there. Right. And yeah, I think it's just kind of a switch as you get older. Yes. It's suddenly, oh my gosh, why am I still here? Do I even want this? Do I not? It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's like a constant, battle kind of within yourself I find but okay yeah, yeah I can I can hear how that would affect you mm -hmm. um, along the lines of what you said um, I find that I I really enjoy um, the classes that I take that are set in a schedule yes and I still love everything that I do yes um, and I'm happy with the amount I do at that time so I find I enjoy the extra classes for sure but some days I feel you know, I just need to stay at home, and I think if I pushed myself to go to everyone, I feel I would lose the love of what I right. what I'm set right and right. that I do love. Right. So, is know. that is that because the the push is coming from an outside source? It's not your inner motivation that's saying, "Oh, look, there's this opportunity over there," and someone just happened to tell me about it. I'm going to go, as opposed to someone saying, "Look, there's an opportunity. You should take it." Yeah, but yeah. Uh, for sure, some of the opportunities. I'm glad I've been directed to go because right. I really appreciate them and I think I've definitely enjoyed them. Okay. Um, but I think I'm happy with the days that I choose. You know what? I'm just going to have dinner with my family right. tonight or something. Right. Mm -hmm. Which it, keeps my love for the... Be a human. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my dear. And adding on to that, it can be really frustrating when, um, when the students who are always going to extra classes are putting that same pressure onto you. Right. It's 
and and if you're not matching up to their level, then you're not serious enough, right. and and they don't think that they deserve to be in the same group as you. Mm-hmm. Right. Or that yeah. you deserve to be in the or same th- group as them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Like they feel better than you because they've gone to more classes, but it doesn't mean that. It just means you've been not to the yeah, more classes. Exactly. Yeah. If yeah. dance yeah. is working your... as hard as them. Yeah. Yes, and if dance isn't your whole life, then why are you? So here's an interesting question um, that I'm going to pose to you a bit of as a, a, a bit as a devil's advocate, and that is that so that could translate to outside life as well or high school life. If everyone is joining the drama club and it's so much fun and oh my goodness, and when we go to drama, we get to, you know, we do these plays and we travel and we have coffee with the teacher and it, you know, whatever it would be that would maybe sound remotely interesting to you. And if they turn to you and say, I can't believe you're not doing it. Why aren't you doing it? It's, I, I hear that as the same thing as what you're all hearing. And I think it might help you if you put it into that perspective. That you look at that person, really it's kind of bullying. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's low key, but it is still bullying Perfect. to try to make somebody else feel bad because they aren't doing something that you have determined is useful or important to do. It's, it's then basically saying, well, unless you're exactly like me, mm, you don't measure up, which yeah. I don't think is a very nice human quality. Yes. Um, just going back to the teachers that think that some students may need to do all these conventions and right. grab a hold of all these opportunities. Yeah. Um, I just think everybody has their own limits and their own reality yeah. and own perspectives on what is difficult for them, what they need, all that stuff. And I think as for a teacher that wants has those expectations they really need to respect that yes i agree and i think yeah just you know i have a question in regards to that because that was really well put as well i feel concise do you not feel comfortable to say that ever do you not is that a freedom that you don't feel you have or is that just a really big discomfiture that would feel like you're disrespecting or you're not appreciating or because I personally would, I want that dialogue with all of my students, and I certainly would want that with my daughter. If, if she felt ever obligated or coerced or pushed by me to do something that I thought she should do as opposed to something she genuinely wanted to do, I want her to turn around and be able to say, you know, this isn't my favorite, and I'm doing it because I want to please you or I want to make you happy. Oh, my goodness, I'd want to hear that. Yes. It feels, though... You think when you're a student, especially being a younger student, you think that your teacher's in charge of you and that, and they kind of set themselves up above you. Right. And they think that they're way better than you and that they will look down upon right. you. And then, yeah. So then, in other words, their, their decision is a better decision than your yes. decision. Yeah, right. kind of their adult, you need to obey. And they they've set these rules, so if you don't follow them, then... You're ungrateful. Y- yeah, and, yeah. and for yeah. your opportunities. So I think, uh, to that respect, that something that I thought existed a bit more in the studios, maybe I'm being ridiculously naive, but I thought there was kind of a understanding of, of streamlining. I thought that in some studios there is an opportunity... They have so many different names, so I'm not even going to bother with naming things, but there's a group that would be considered the super serious, want to do everything, know that they want to try professional dancing right after high school. Then there's the group that's super serious, want to dance their butts off, not 100% sure if they're going to do it after high school, but they love it right now. And while they're there, 
as I think someone said, all in. They're all in. <laughs> and then there's the third group that wants to have a place to go after high school, meaning after their day of schooling, that they enjoy, that's exercise, that's camaraderie, and that is in some way um, healthy. And, and sometimes parents want that for you too, because then they, can, they know where you are. They can account for your whereabouts, and, and it's just a safety thing. So I, I thought there was that understanding within studio structure. Is that somewhat not the case? Is it morphing? Are the lines getting blurred or what's going on? Um, I think that there is that clarity of, of the, who Programs, is, so to yeah, speak? who okay. is sort of relying in one group, but oftentimes the teachers or directors will push you to be Ah, uh, to be one of those groups. Yeah. Oh, okay, I got mm -hmm. you. So they're they're choosing the direction you swim. Yeah, trying to which or lane you go to. in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just yeah. a little push, yeah. pushing towards the right. lane, but not forcing. Yes, or they'll sort of favor those who are right, and yeah, yeah. bring it yes. up a lot. Yeah. Oh, well, so and so is doing so much extra. Right. Look at her, and then everyone looks around, and everyone goes, oh, This alumni is so successful cause because they, they did, did everything. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Right. Yeah. Not necessarily some alumni didn't do everything, and they're being really successful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes. Personally, I, since I've gone into high school, I've cut back a bit from dance. Yeah. I'm only doing one class, but two classes a week. Yeah. And I still love dance very yeah. much, and I have other passions, and I feel as though I'm kind of at the bottom sometimes okay. since I'm not doing as much as everyone else. And sometimes I ask them, well, why are you still doing it? And yeah. stuff. And like, if you're not going to do this, stuff, yeah, yeah. then you're just doing kind of the basics. Does that bother you or do you, are sometimes. you able, it does sometimes, yeah. but most of the time, can you put it in a place where you think, but I, at least I'm making choices based on what yes. I, okay. I, I still realize that if I really and truly want to keep dancing, yeah. The only way I can do that is by doing this one class. Right. But I still want to do it because I love it so much. Mm -hmm. See, and I, I think that's amazing. I think yeah. it's amazing to make choices because, A, you want to. And as a, as a teacher, the people that I want to have in the room are the ones that want to be there. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I... Sorry, high school students, but I don't want to teach in a public high school ever, just for that very reason. <laughs> no. There's so many people that yeah. don't want to be in that room. And, you know, yeah, I could I could work my butt off to bring everyone around to understand, okay, I'm a different kind of teacher, though, and you'll enjoy this process. But holy smokes, you know, it'd be much, It's it's it, to be honest, right. it's easier to be in an environment where I'm under the impression everyone wants to be there. Yes. And since I've cut back, I find myself getting more opportunities than I did in the past okay. when I was doing more dance. I find, because of time? Yeah. Okay. I find myself do, getting to do more dance, if that oh, makes sense. How, how get, is that happening? I'm getting opportunities to do solo okay. and to do this workshop yeah. and just getting recognized by okay. the teacher I have. Right. Because I'm only with my teacher, like right. that one teacher. Right. And she rec or the teacher recognizes yes. the growth that I've gotten. Right. So you're having a personal relationship where she understands that it's not just um, quantity, yes. it's quality yes. that you're putting into the moment. Yeah, Definitely. that's lovely. I'm glad you're having that. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. Yes. Kind of bringing those two things together yeah. um, with time. Um, what was I going to say? That's okay. Two things. Time. <laughs> 
<laughs> the time the time to experience oh, more yes. things. Or? So if 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 you're going to be putting yourself all out there yeah. and going to I love that phrase, extra... by the way. <laughs> all out, all, all in, all, all over. All, all around. <laughs> yes. Um when you're putting yourself in that position and you're going to all the extra classes on top of your schedule and and that's wonderful, but at some point you're going to burn out. Yes. And I sometimes even find that in just my regular schedule that yeah. I've been burnt out. And so I feel as though a lot of people don't recognize that when they are in that position until they feel it themselves. Right. Right. And then they can then empathize. Right. And to understand it. that. Yeah. 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 That's a, that, I think that's a really interesting thing to address as well. This has just been sort of a natural segue. Let's talk a little bit about that burnout, because I think you sort of addressed it when you talked about convention after convention, or in the case of having professional contract after professional contract, you start to doubt a little bit, do I love this still? Am I doing this because yeah. this is what I do, or this is all I can do, or this is all I identify with, or uh, everyone calls me a dancer. That was, I have to tell you just from a personal perspective, years ago when I came back from Europe uh, at 19, I was going through a little bit of a health crisis and a crisis of emotionality. And I remember I was in Langley at one point and I bumped into an old high school friend. And I had gained a bit of weight, to put it mildly, because I had uh, had an eating disorder. So I was on the bulimia end of it. And so I looked different than I had in high school. And she looked at me and she said, are you still dancing with that tone? And I just, I remember just, you know, my, my whole being froze. And I wanted to be so strong in my retort and be able to say, well, of course. But I kind of felt like, you asked me like that because of the way I look. And I was already dealing with so much as far as all that went. And so to make that, I realized I have to be a person when I answer this person. I can't, I can't let her rather rudely questioned uh, statement of identity about me being a dancer and having to look a certain way. I can't let that affect me. And I remember I, I stood there probably quiet for about 30 seconds. And then I said, I'm trying. And I thought, well, that's a good thing to say, because <laughs> I was. <laughs> and I, I think that um, I think that's an important thing to because that's basically in, in so many words, kind of what happened to me was my own little version of burnout. Actually, uh, many people in my personal circle teased me because I was always considered quite mature for my age. They called it my midlife crisis. It just happened. <laughs> 10 years too early um but you know get it out of the way <laughs> so I feel as though it's important I think for all of us to recognize that it's okay to do something that we've done forever identified with and recognize our feelings towards it are changing they can change two totally different ways they can change so that you can't live without it that you realize I am a dancer and I must fill the world with my dancing abilities and my dancing experiences or it could be you know I loved doing this for a long time and it, it I feel like it's all been positive experiences and positive growth but I now see myself losing the the passion you know that there has to be a certain amount of passion that drives you because there isn't the same amount of stability the same amount of financial remuneration the same amount of uh 
assurances that come from so many other work fields. And I think that if you aren't driven by a certain amount of passion, I didn't say obsession, I said passion, then it really is something you need to examine. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it's frankly unkind, unwise. And again, I'll go back to the bullying if people make you feel bad for not feeling the same way as they do, whatever that might be. It's the same thing as if I turned around and said, well, you should be more casual about this. I don't know why you're so up up in arms about dancing who cares about that's also shush mind your own business have your own opinion it's totally okay to have your own opinion yes um sometimes I think about cutting back a lot and not dancing as intensely as Mm -hmm. As I currently are I I currently are but I get really scared of the thought because I don't know what I do right sometimes and I get really scared mainly of missing out Missing um, out on dance stuff or missing out on life? Missing out on dance stuff. Okay. Missing out on hanging out with my friends at the competitions and missing out on... Uh, sometimes I like how intense the I'm training right now and right. how I love the late nights and how I'm really into it. And then other times I, I don't. And I just think this is so late. I have so much homework. Mm-hmm. So it's both ends a lot. And, and you know what? That That's totally okay. I mean, I think I would sit really peaceful with that and understand, A, it's your age. You're supposed to be, I think, in our youth, that's our time to question everything. That is, I mean, we shouldn't yeah. stop questioning life in general because that keeps us curious and, and vibrant and alive and evolving. But I think when we're a youth, it's so wonderful to question situations and realize, I have a different answer than this person next to me. That's interesting. And to examine that further because that's your own personal growth. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. For me personally, I've had a pretty wide variety of professional experience. Yeah. And just recently, I'm really trying to bring my training and my classroom work back into my life. And right. ironically, that is what makes me feel most like a dancer. Right. That daily discovery, that right. mind-body connection that right. you sometimes lose when you're a professional. Yeah. It's really driving the point home for me that I still do love it thankfully fingers crossed yeah <laughs> for a very long time yeah, yeah, but I, yeah. I did question it and there's yeah. been many times that I've questioned it and during those times it's so challenging because I feel from a lot of colleagues and peers and oftentimes peers parents at this age still yes yes okay definitely okay they, there's always that question well what are you doing Oh, I see. What are you going to do with yourself now? Not even what are you doing next. There's never, it's, I always feel a lot of pressure for what are you doing right this moment. And a lot of times I've transitioned my professional work a little bit from yes. one, something maybe Genre more classical yeah. or technical to something a little more performative. Yeah. And I never felt comfortable encountering those people when they would ask me, but really I was working a survival job to put myself into different training to get myself ready right. for another job but there right. was, I felt a lot of judgment right and you're already feeling that from yourself absolutely every so day. for a while I just lied I just made up jobs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I made up that I'd gotten jobs that they haven't casted yeah. for yeah because that way that I could leave that parent yeah away and I would feel good about myself yeah. and sometimes I got those jobs and sometimes I didn't but yeah. there is a lot of pressure to keep working yeah and I think we do need to realize that sometimes you do want to take a little break. I had the most fun in my 20s when I pulled back from dancing a little right. bit. 
I love to dance. I yes. take class every day. It's yes. fun for me. But I would take a hip hop class and a jazz class yeah. and a break dancing class yeah. and the strangest Mix things. Mix it up. And then I would just go be a teenager or a young yeah. 20-something yeah. and enjoy yeah. my life. And yeah. I still, I've always wanted to perform since I was six years old. And I never lost that. But I also just got to be a human. Yeah. And Which I is never, such an important part. will never regret that time. Yeah. Ever. And can I make a little confession too, as of you course. confess that, which is so marvelous. I did that with parents of other people mm. as well. You just get to the point where you just say, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm about to leave for my next gig. I think it's in Europe. <laughs> Pretty sure, yeah. I think they called me last week. I'm just not sure if I've answered It's actually yet. now. We've got to go. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'm getting so many Sometimes just to curtail a conversation, yeah, because I, I, I like to err on the side of human nature being essentially good most of the time. So I'd like to believe those people are just curious. Mm -hmm. I wish that people examined a little bit further what they said to each other mm -hmm. on a regular basis, because I think so much of what we can say can be harmful or leave some vestige or, you know, residual damage. And mm -hmm. yeah, you're talking about this 10, maybe five, right. six, seven years later. And I, I certainly can bring up many a situation, mm -hmm. 20, I can 25. I remember all my yes. negative critiques. Exactly. And remember a single positive, positive. <laughs> But I can't. But 15 years ago, a teacher said this to me, and I'll uh -huh. forever exactly. remember it. And that's and that's an interesting thing too. That I think um, as teachers and uh, as older, wiser individuals, we're supposed to recognize that the things that happen to us or for us, if they were negative, we're not supposed to perpetuate them again. And I can't tell you how often I see that happening. Because now at this point of life, for myself, being around a while, to put it mildly, I've had a chance to watch a lot of people age along with me. And we've shared similar experiences experiences as youths, so I know how they were treated. And then I watch them go into the teaching world and do the same thing. <laughs> I just think, what are you doing? It makes me crazy. I just think that, you know, it's like the evils of the earth. If historically... We just keep having the same evil people come forward and do the same evil things to humanity. The planet's gone. I mean, it's not going to stick around because, well, I'm sorry, it's probably already a little bit in that direction. I don't want to be depressing. So we're not going to end on that note. No. <laughs> I, um, I did want to, I feel like there was a question over here that I would love to address before. No? Okay. I, I think that one of the things that we could possibly just address just before wrapping up is the question of what's the difference between dancing because you love dancing or dancing because someone wants you to dance or they love watching you dance, whether it be your teacher, your director, or your parents or a relative or a granny or a brother or a sister or a husband or a wife. Hopefully nobody under the age of 20 <laughs> is quite married in that direction yet, but yes. Um, I feel like, I, I feel yeah. as though I love to dance and yes. I do it because I love um, giving my heart out to on stage and stuff. But there is a few people in my class that just do it because their parents are like, you need to do this. Like, right, right. This is what you're going to do. And you can just see it in the way that they dance. They're not enjoying themselves. I've, I've had one person come up to me and say, I don't like this. Can you like help me to pretend that I like this? So, oh, dear. And, and, and I was just like, uh, okay like, <laughs> it's just so hard because you can see them and they're just like and they're not smiling they're not enjoying themselves and they're not right. 
trying their hardest. So. Right, right. They're, it's kind of watching somebody suffer in a yeah. strange manner. Yes. My parents are always all about, we're going to support you no matter who you are, what you do. So I've yeah. never felt any pressure from my mom or my dad or even just any teachers. But I feel as though when I first started dancing, super young age, I think three, right. up to... Um, 10, 11, 12-ish. Yeah. I, I was always just having so much fun at the studio. And then for a while there, it just wasn't fun anymore. Mm-hmm. But I made myself to keep doing it because right. I always had a voice or something in the back of my mind saying, keep push through this. I feel like you're going to love it again right. someday. So just keep going. And then another part was saying, keep going because you have nothing else to do. This is like, not like, this is... Yeah. This is not all this you have, it. but yeah, yeah. you've been dancing for so long. Don't give it up now. Keep right. going. Right. So, and now I'm even, I think just this year, I'm really starting to appreciate and love it again. So I'm really happy with that. So you pushed through your slump, so to speak. Yeah. Right. It was just, I was meeting a lot of new friends at school. They were hanging out after school, right. going places. And I said, I, I have dance. I can't You're left go. out, right. I felt really left out and I wasn't being successful and I was right. focusing on my non-success while some really people who were really close to me were getting a lot of success right. and I was getting really upset with myself about that but I realized you can't focus on that because mm-hmm. it's really not important and I and I still struggle with focusing on other successes and why not but right. I'm really trying to back away from that that's and that's good I'm that's loving unhealthy. it again yeah. and just standing in the back of the room being there for you yeah yeah um, during the transition from elementary school to high school, I had a little bit of a blip where right. I kind of had second thoughts about dancing. Is this something that is right for me? Yeah. Do I want to experience other sports or activities or whatnot? And during that short period of time, I did only have my parents wanting me to dance, but oh, okay. I necessarily didn't. Okay. But also, then I kind of took a step back and thought, okay, what can I do for myself to kind of fix this in a way? Right. And I realized um, the repetitive, um, the repetitiveness of my studio. Okay. And how I had the constant same scene. I was seeing everybody um, constantly, and I'd gone to the same studio for 10 plus years. Right. And so I changed studios, and now, even during that time, I was glad that my parents still wanted me to dance. I see. Because if I left, then I feel I wouldn't have made it as far as I have now. Right. So it can be a positive end. So so the the parental encouragement, or maybe one could even say slight push, you know, to keep going in a similar direction, just needed an environmental change as far as the student. Well, that's why is that... Did they help you decide that? Did they give you suggestions such as maybe it's the studio setting that you're growing tired of? Not or? necessarily. Right. I think also a lot of different thoughts came from my peers outside of dance okay. and others' opinions. Dancing isn't a sport. That right. That whole <laughs> that that that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, that kind of was a down beating on me. Yeah. And I, I get you. Yeah. yeah. So I just felt I wanted to become more stronger yeah. and better in a mindset. Yeah. Yeah. 
Excellent. Yes. Um, like Natalie, my parents are very supportive in that. Um, but they always ask me, like, what do you like? It's okay. What, what do you want to do in the future? Right. And I'm always, I feel. Yeah. And I say. Yeah. That I don't know, and I just want to live in the now and not yeah. have my life almost planned out. Right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I just want to experience right now because my opinions and my feelings might change. Yeah. Later. That's actually incredibly wise for one so young because they do, they do. And sometimes they change uh, more strongly for what you are actually in the direction of. And sometimes they blow your mind with how opposite they are. And you find yourself thinking, oh my goodness. But I I think that, uh, I think it's actually wonderful because a lot of you are, are talking about the parental influence and it's huge. Our parents are such a huge, amazing force in our lives. And I think even if sometimes there's some negative aspects or some disconnections in communication, I think we can even learn from that as well, because I think it encourages us. I like to think that it encourages us to find our voice and how we can express ourselves so that you can find, for instance, you just said something beautiful. I want to live in the now. I want to fully experience what I'm experiencing as I, whatever age I am right now because I don't know what I'm going to feel tomorrow. And if I'm thinking about tomorrow right now, then I'm actually not experiencing what I'm experiencing right now, and I might change my mind tomorrow. <laughs> so, and it, it, it's, um, yeah, I feel, I feel like if I can just give you a parental viewpoint there, which is kind of interesting, uh, you'll all giggle at me, I'm sure, or roll your eyes, so feel free. Uh, when my daughter was three, uh, somebody asked me, are you going to put her in dance? And I can't stand that phrase, first of all. Put her in dance, as though dance is a bowl, and I put her in the bowl and then walk away. <laughs> so I said, am I going to introduce dance into her world? Well, she's been dancing since she was in my uterus, so I feel like she pretty much already has dance in her life. Is she going to get a formal class? Well, I'll see what she thinks. And she was kind of interested. You know, she thought this would be kind of interesting. Now, because I tried so hard to not uh, be a helicopter ballet expert parent, (laughs) I decided that I would let it be a really free, normal child, quote unquote, experience. So I put her in a place that I felt was not about ballet is everything, training is everything. It was sort of a fun place. And it was torture for me, to be totally honest. It was absolute torture. (laughs) Trying to pretend I was just a parent on the side watching just a regular kid do just regular, you know, little cutesy, you know, stuff to Disney songs. Oh, you have no idea. Yes, I was, I was (laughs) fist clenched most of the time going, oh my goodness. Uh, The interesting thing that came out of that for me was a discussion that my husband and I had probably the next year, because I remember distinctly putting my hands on my hips in the kitchen, looking at him. And I was furious because he was intimating, you know, we should put Kira in many different things. I think she should play soccer. I think she should do this. I think she, and I said, our daughter is not going to do more than one thing. Uh And he looked at me and he just stared at me. And I said, by the time she's five, we need to know what she's going to be doing. And I, I heard myself echo back. He just looked at me. I thought, Oh no, I've turned into that person. <laughs> I've turned that into parent. that parent that I yeah, that I used oh. to look at and say, you cannot ask that of your child, but I think for me I had to really backpedal and and explain that to him. What I meant was I didn't want her to be one of those children that has nine different activities, 
fills every second, every waking moment of every single day, is, has no time to be a normal person or just a developing child. And on top of it all, has this sort of their sound bites of activities. So you don't actually ever really get a full taste. So you play soccer for three weeks. Do you like soccer? Well, the ball, I, what's that one again? Or you play piano for three months. It was hard. You know, I mean, to me, I'm not that sort of jack of all trades idea at the back of my mind, which we've talked about in the past. So uh, I think that it's really wonderful to be able to say to your parents, I totally understand that you you want direction for me. You want success for me. You'd like to know that I'm going to go on and and be able to be sustainable on my own. I can I'm self-sufficient. I can uh, earn my own wage mm-hmm. I can pay my own grocery bill I can live apart from my family I can be happy but I I don't necessarily have all those puzzle pieces at 12 13 14 15 or in the case of my daughter at five mm-hmm. <laughs> my expectations were a little high oh it's so embarrassing to admit that feel honored that I shared that secret <laughs> that's a fully embarrassing one yes my dear um I've always sort of known that I loved musical theater and yes. acting and and um, so my mom had put me in lots of plays and, and musicals as a child, and I grew up in that atmosphere. Yes. Um, but in the past couple of years, I've debated whether or not it was because I loved it. Right. Or it was because my mom loved watching me do right. it. Right, right. Um, and so I had that kind of inner conversation yeah, yeah and turmoil as to whether or not I would take this into my future yeah. and um it became very stressful uh this past year because I've graduated and yeah. I'm going into the real, real world, world. Quote yeah. Unquote. Yeah, yeah. um and I and I felt a lot of pressure from my mom right um to right. make that decision right but not necessarily to choose between going into a career in musical theater right. or or go into a another yeah form it's of, hard to say yeah just another form of dancing. yeah another yeah. another form and um and i kind of realized she was just pushing me to the acting and pushing me to the musical theater right and um so i just had to go enough and that's yeah. why i couldn't um apply for any schools for acting because I just couldn't make that decision yeah that it was my own yeah. I always felt like it was hers yeah um and now I've realized that I do want to do that so oh you do want to do the decision that she was yeah trying to push you to make yes. oh that's interesting and it was it, it was just so frustrating because she always wanted me to do one thing and my dad necessarily he didn't really care so much right. he just wants me to have a nice future but yeah. so I guess that was... You know what's interesting about that, if I might just suggest that quickly, is, mm-hmm. is that I think that sometimes the act of someone overly enthusiastically pushing us in one direction causes us to rebel without necessarily really being in on the rebellion. Do you yeah. know what I mean? We're, we're so caught up in the actual battle that we don't realize what it is we're fighting for one way or the other. Or we lose I've, it. I've always... I've always kind of um, been that way with my mother, mm-hmm. like, she, not like, but she would say one thing and, and I would want to contradict her for right. some reason, even though <laughs> I love her. We've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> and yeah. so I think that just her enthusiasm mm-hmm. just made me a little bit 
less enthusiastic myself. So and now you're you found your own enthusiasm, which yes. is wonderful yeah. and very important. And yeah. now whatever decisions you make will be based from uh, in the now, in the moment place, right? <laughs> so yeah. that's excellent. Um, I think this is a wonderful time to draw this all to a close, and I want to thank all of you for participating. It's wonderful to hear your viewpoints and perspectives and voices, and at some point in the future, you can hear them yourself on Sarah's Ooh. space. <laughs> so thank you all very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.